You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Happy Monday morning, everybody, as we welcome you to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, the podcast here on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. UFC Vegas 5 is in the books, capped off by Derek Brunson's third-round TKO win over Edmund Shabazian in the main event. So, it's time to play matchmaker. And joining me on this venture, as he does each and every week, the Mick Maynard to my Sean Shelby. He is Mr. Alex K. Lee. Alex, how are you, sir? I'm great. I'm concerned about today's show. I I don't know if there was enough fights yesterday to do... Uh, our usual shtick, but uh, I guess we'll try and we'll try and piece the show together, just just like the UFC did uh, on Saturday after a calamitous uh, 48 hours. That is a great word right there, and mm. I think we'll be a little more organized. We'll have a little more to work with than the UFC did, but they made it happen, and we are as well. This was, as you wrote a column on that dropped on Sunday, one of the most chaotic events we have ever seen in the UFC. Not because of the fights themselves, ultimately, but because of the the lead-in and multiple guys getting scratched on Friday. A couple fights were lost right before they are about to happen on Saturday for all sorts of different reasons. It was an eight-fight card and a total of 12 switch-ups before the card came to an end, but it did end in a big way with Derek Brunson getting a huge victory. He looked fantastic. He finishes Edwin, Edmund Shabazi in the third round. He was the underdog, a big one at that, and he waved that flag with pride, Alex K. Lee, and in the end, he gets his third consecutive win. First finish in almost three years for Mr. Derek Brunson. So, AK, if we're up to you, what would be next for Mr. Brunson? I was going to say he got a big win, and he, and, and, and the illustrious positioning of uh, first man up on onto the next one. Uh, I think the only real logical matchup, uh, I'll, I'll have an alternate, alternate to offer in a second, but I believe it, it would have to be Jack Hermanson. Uh, given that Robert Whitaker is now occupied with the Jared Cannonier matchup. And, uh, you know, Hermanson wanted the winner of Whitaker Till. Obviously, he's not getting that. So, uh, yeah, if I want him to match up with someone uh, who's also on a winning streak, which is Brunson now, a three-fight winning streak, longest streak that Brunson's been on in, I think, four years. So, uh, yeah, I, that's that's what I'd like to see happen. But I, ha- I have a, another option that, that I can bring up in a bit. All right, what is that option? Because I'm going with Hermanson as well. Oh, okay, I was going to wait till we got all the Hermanson talk out of the way. <laughs> but uh, I, I mentioned this before, I think... Maybe that's a possibility for Hermanson. I'm not sure, but I'd def- definitely talking about Brunson on on some whatever shows we've done before uh, previewing uh, Saturday's card. I I would like him to get an- another shot at Yoel Romero uh, if Romero is able to beat Uriah Hall. I'm not as hot on the the other way. If if Hall beats Romero, uh, I don't think Brunson would want to fight him again. Brunson has a has a finished victory over him, but he has a third round loss to Romero, and I think as it was Casey that reminded me the other night that uh, that that fight. Oh no, sorry, it might have been Jose. That that fight only turned around after Brunson was on the unfortunate end of uh, of a low blow. So I think it's been long enough since his first fight with Romero that, uh, and again, it was a close fight. One I think Romero that Brunson was winning. Uh, so I'd like to see that one actually in, in an ideal world be run back. But Hermanson makes sense right now. Yeah. Either way, Derek deserves a big fight. I, I think Hermanson laid out this plan that most of us agreed with after he beat Kelvin Gaslam and none of it happened. Absolutely none of it. So I think the most logical thing to do is book Brunson against Hermanson. It, it, it's not a number one contender fight, but it does put the winner in a position to potentially earn a number one contender fight. That makes sense to me. The other option I have, and he said it himself, Darren Till. Why not Darren Till? If he couldn't get the winner, 
You can get the loser. It'd be a big fight. And Darren Till's injured, but it's not like it's not like he tore his ACL. He's gonna be out for a year. He's probably gonna be out, you know, probably the end of the year at this point. And Derek wants to take a little bit of time off, maybe come back at the end of the year. So that could line up as well. So I'm not opposed to either of those. Just either way, a step up in competition, an opportunity at a big fight for Derek Brunson certainly makes all the sense in the world. Darren Till just continues to fall upwards, eh, doesn't he? I mean, he's really tech. He's one and one technically at 185, but that win over Gaslam went a long way. Uh, a competitive loss to Whitaker apparently went a long way. And I think you're right. I don't think anyone would, would object if, uh, if, if Brunson, if that was the next fight for Brunson. Cause I think technically even when the rankings are updated, Till will probably be ranked ahead because of the win over Gaslam. Uh, I don't know how much uh, Brunson's win over Shabazian moves him up. So in a way it, it's funny on paper, it is a beneficial fight for Brunson, but for a guy who's been at middleweight for so long, I almost feel like he deserves someone else on a winning streak, not someone else coming off a loss. Um, just about how close it was. Yeah. I mean, when you say the name, that obviously gets the wheels turning, and he did say Darren Till's name. He said Hermanson's name, and then he said the BMF title, which we're not even going to get into because it's <laughs> such a yeah. such a ridiculous thing to say. No offense, Till's, Derek Brunson. You had a great night, but that was your one miscue of the whole thing. Till's the bigger name. Let's be honest. Till, Till's the bigger name if we're talking in terms of fan recognition. Uh, Brunson put in a lot of good work, but he, he doesn't have that kind of mainstream cachet. Till's a, l- a little bit higher in that regard, so makes sense. So you – I guess you kind of got the easy question to start off if we're comparing the two fighters. Because now we've talked about Edmund Shabazian, who was undefeated. He wanted to become the youngest champion in UFC history. He's only 22 years old. Had a pretty good first round. I didn't think he won the round, but it was it was close. It was competitive. And one judge actually gave Edmund Shabazian the first. And he's been this buzzsaw, this steamroller throughout his entire career. But he comes up short in his toughest tests to date. So in my opinion... This loss, and I alluded to this on Saturday night on the post show, this could be a really good thing for Edmund. Like, but he has to take a step back, unfortunately. And this is a tough one because I don't want to see him go too far back, but it has to be the right kind of matchup. This might not be the most popular choice, AK, but it makes sense to me because this guy has a name. He's been in main events before. He has highlight real knockouts, and he's coming off a loss. So I'm going to suggest that Edmund Shabazian, Go up against your boy, Eric Anders. Anders, probably a top 20 guy in the division. Be a good test for both guys. If we're talking ranking, name value, risk versus reward, I'd say Anders eclipses the Marvin Vittori's of the world, the shoe faces of the world. I think that's a fair step back to potentially regain some of that mojo. What say you? Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm, I'm upset that you said it because I thought that I had thought of it and you hadn't. But I... uh... (laughs) But I think like like myself, I think I should have known you are an Eric Anders fan, as am I. Uh, it's crazy. He has 10 UFC fights uh, for a guy who got a bit of a late start in MMA. He certainly has made up for lost time. And like you said, has already had the chance to headline cards. So, yeah, there's a, a decent level of name recognition there. Uh, style-wise, I think it's a good matchup. And as you said, not too far down the ranking. So that really, for me, would also be, would be the best choice. Uh, I'll just throw out a couple of other somewhat random names. Because I, I like to think on, on to the next one, Mike. I, I'm the master of the realistic unsexy pick that is my brand that is what is in my online dating profile uh real and unsexy and that is what i bring to the show so i'll also throw out uh a little also carl roberson who lost to vittori and uh tom breeze i think tom breeze would be an interesting one as well he's sort of around the same same uh age i think i think well no sorry i mean breeze and uh, roberson are both like six years older but no one's in the middle weight is as young as (laughs) as uh, shabazian so there you go a couple of other names but i think i agree with you anders 
really makes the most sense. Yeah, I don't. I actually like the Roberson fight too. I think either of those works out great. The Tom Breeze one, not a big fan of, just because I just don't trust that he's going to get to the octagon. It's just that's just what's happened in his career at this point. So, either way, I think we're all excited to see how Edmund Bons is back. Whatever they whatever they do, I just don't want to see them throw him. You know, another top 10 guy, even a guy like Vittori, who's just on a tear right now. I don't want to see a fight like that. So, co-main event, AK, and this is a pretty boring start to the show because this one is so easy. Because Jennifer Maya and Dana White did our jobs for us. It's Maya challenging Valentina Shevchenko for the women's flyweight title. Barring a big setback or a huge injury, which we certainly hope doesn't happen. I hope I'm not jinxing anything. But barring that, this is the fight, is it not? Yeah, if for whatever reason they don't make that matchup... Uh, like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still reeling from uh, from Joanne Calderwood being bumped back in the contenders line and, and losing her shot. Uh, all of respect to Maya, who was just sensational on Saturday. I do think you have to give her the shot. Shevchenko hyped it up right away, right after, and just tweeted at her, said, it'll be a pleasure to fight you. Uh, Maya was told about it in the in post fight, and she was like, oh, yeah, of course, I, I, I want that fight. I'm glad, I'm glad Shevchenko, you know, mentioned it. And uh, Dana White says it's the one to happen. Yeah, it just makes sense. Let's not worry. It's unfortunate Maya didn't make weight her last two fights and that her UFC record on paper, I think, is like three and two, which doesn't look amazing. But it's all been competitive fights, all been against high level competition. Um, and she she's in former Invicta champion. She clearly has the credentials to challenge Shevchenko to beat her. I mean, I don't know if I give anyone a shot at Shevchenko at this point, but that's another story. If for some reason that doesn't happen again, Shevchenko misses time. And they need. Uh, then I think you throw Maya in the mix with uh, Cynthia Calvillo and Lauren Murphy. You have some combination of those uh, two of them fighting and one of them getting the shot. I don't think anyone would complain. I think that's that's uh, you do something with those three. And, and uh, again, possibly Maya fights one of them and one of them fights Shevchenko. Yeah, and you got to feel for Joanne. You just you, you just had to feel for her on Saturday night, whether you are a big fan of hers or not. Stepping in on short notice with a title fight in your back pocket, and then you get subbed in the first round and. That wasn't even the worst of it. She ends up fainting after the fight. And, you know, from all indications, she's been released from the hospital. She's doing better. But we hope she's doing okay on this Monday morning. But we know, AK, JoJo is a warrior. And as long as she passes, like, the essential medical tests and is cleared to begin training, she'll want to come back ASAP to try to get this bad taste out of her mouth. So... You want to go first on this one? Where where, where does JoJo yeah, sure. go from here? Was she was she flipping off the camera and the Instagram post she <laughs> sure made? Sure was. That's a little rude. That's a little rude. Uh, she is called. I mean, she, one of her nicknames is Bad Mofo JoJo. So I guess uh, she's just living up to that name. But uh, I have such a boring pick. It's just not. I well, I have two picks. One I know you hate, uh, which I'll mention as well. But I think if you want to be super boring about it, you match her up with uh, Viviana Arujo, who she replaced. Who she replaced to fight Maya. Um, Arugia was supposed to fight Maya twice. Calderwood replaced her on, on Saturday's occasion. But eh, that's, there's not a lot of cachet to that. The real fight I think we want to see is the Shevchenko consolation prize, Valentina's sister, Antonina. I think that is the one. <laughs> uh, Michael is shaking his head right now, uh, as he did the first time I brought it up to him. Look, I, I, I just enjoy the idea of uh, uh, I'm sorry you will not be taking home the grand prize, but all of our participants get a lovely uh, gift basket, <laughs> which in this case, that's a very demeaning way to refer to Antonina Shevchenko, who's a very high level fighter. Uh, it's certainly behind uh, much, much lower in the rankings than than uh, Joanne Calderwood. But I think it'd be a fun fight. And uh, Calderwood still gets herself a Shevchenko. I, I could not dislike that pick anymore just because <laughs> it's not that like it. it if this is like a year ago, if this is like after the Contender Series and they made this fight, yeah, I'd be a little more excited about it. But after seeing what 
the first three fights have been like for Antonina Shevchenko. She needs to take a big step back. Like, she needs to start, like, running off these highlight reel wins. She needs to get finishes like she had on the Contender Series so we can build her up. We can't just throw her in there with JoJo to get 30-26. I don't want to see that. Yes, I don't want to see that. We could. We can do whatever we want on the show. All right, so I may have disliked your pick, but a lot of people disliked my pick from Saturday night. So I'm going to stick with it from the post-fight show. And let me just explain this a little more because it comes with a couple of caveats. I'd like to see Joanne sit back for a little bit and get her mind right. Come back at the end of the year. Now, without fights, there's no money, and I understand that. So that's caveat one. Another, and let me just throw this out there. My suggestion is Macy Barber, and I will explain why in a minute. Macy had knee surgery. She tore ACL. She's hoping to come back at the end of the year. She'll need to come back at the end of the year for this to be a possibility. Like, if she comes back in 2021, this fight doesn't happen, at least right now. Now, I saw and took a little bit of a beating on this choice because people are all of a sudden, AK, I can't believe that I'm saying this, people are all of a sudden policing meritocracy in the women's 125-pound division. <laughs> and if you want to do that for this division only, fine. But here's the thing. If you look at the rankings... And I'm pulling them up right now. Here's what's there. You have Caitlin Chukagian, and they just fought recently. You have Calvillo, who's likely going to fight Lauren Murphy. Both of them are likely out because I just don't see another fight that makes sense to fight the winner of Valentina and Jennifer Maya. Jessica I is fighting Jessica Andrade. Maya is fighting for the title. Roxanne Mataferi and Andrea Lee are fighting each other on September 12th. So that leaves two options in the top 10. One is your pick, was your first pick, Viviana Araujo, who was supposed to fight Maya. Or Macy Barber. Which one of these two is going to create more buzz? And which of these two will have a greater impact in a victory? It's Macy Barber and it's not even close. I think this is the way to go because you can't slow roll Macy anymore. You just can't. Like, she's in the top ten. She said a lot of things. Pissed a lot of people off. You have to book her tough fights at this point. JoJo is a tough fight for her and vice versa. There's my explanation, AK. Mike, a compelling, compelling argument. And I, I have nothing to count. I'm, I'm not looking to counter at all. I think it's a great matchup. I just want to say I know people come here for the uh, for the speculation and they stay for the caveats. If there's anything <laughs> readers love, it is caveats on top of caveats to justify our picks. So uh, well done on that front, my friend. There we go. In the featured bow, we saw Vicente Luque, who had a phenomenal finish of Brandy Brown. This guy is so underappreciated, in my opinion. He is 12-3 and three in the UFC. He has 11 finishes. He lost his debut fight, and the other losses were to Stephen Thompson and Leon Edwards. I mean, this guy is legit as it gets. He's also in a really interesting and kind of tough spot right now with welterweight being so loaded because he deserves a big fight. And I don't know if he necessarily gets the type of fight that he deserves here, or at least at the level he's earned based on the landscape at 170 pounds. So what do you do with Vicente Luque, AK? Has Vicente Luque never main evented a card? That can't be right. He's never main evented a fight night or anything. No, that's absurd. <laughs> how? how has that's he never, saying underappreciation. Right? How, how has he never gotten like that Shabazian push? Like that kind of. That is, but maybe the timing wasn't right. Maybe the timing wasn't right for him to get a slot into a fight night, uh, a main uh, main event. Has he even I'm been in a co main? I, I would imagine so. Uh, Mike Perry fight was that not? No. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. Okay. 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 And that was a great fight. That was a great fight. But this guy, uh, my only maybe it's because he's he he's not the greatest speaker. Um, 
he's certainly not a big trash talker, which again is, has been the foil of many, uh, you know, many would be stars. But that's ridiculous because Shabazian isn't the biggest trash talker either. Uh, he had again some great hooks with the Ronda Rousey stuff and uh, being only 22 years old. But uh, Nico, uh, Nico, Vicente Luque is uh, 28, which is young and in the prime of his life. Good looking guy. Uh, man, big time finisher. Wow, why is he not? Okay, anyway, this DC fix. Whatever happens, <laughs> here's the first thing that should happen. Whatever his next fight is, should be the uh, main event of a fight night somewhere. UFC, get behind this guy. This is absurd. Um, uh, I'm going to throw this out there. I think we're in agreement, and I'm just going to say it because I, I want to make sure it's said properly. Vicente <laughs> Luque needs to get the winner of the upcoming event known to fans everywhere as Neil on Neil. And if by some chance you don't know what Neil on Neil stands for, it is the upcoming welterweight bout between uh, Neil Magny and Jeff Neil. So, uh, yeah, the winner of that great matchup for Luke. I'll also throw out two others, which, again, we talked a little bit about before. Robbie Lawler, whenever that guy decides to fight. And if we know you want to talk about a fight night main event. There you go. I'd rather see that as a fight night main event, five round fight night main event than a, uh, you know, a pay-per-view main card bout or something. So Luke A. Lawler is a totally a dream match on paper and just sort of a random, random one, um, a rematch with Bilal Muhammad. I feel like uh, Muhammad has gotten so much better since their first fight. Uh, they're both trending upwards and I think it would be a banger, uh, a longer fight the second time around and just an absolute banger. I'd like to see the Bilal fight again. It's definitely not going to happen. Like it's mm. just too far, too far back. No offense to Bilal because he deserves to be you know, a little higher ranked as well. And I, I think you said it best. I mean, the sensical thing is the Neil on Neil fight winner between Jeff Neil and Neil Magny. Winner gets Luke Gay. There you go. This is Neil Long-winded explanation. But I appreciate the the Nate Diaz call out by Vicente Luque. I, I appreciate the M, one of the MVPs of Saturday night's event, Gilbert Burns, jumping on that wagon as well on Twitter, calling out Nate Diaz. I have a better chance of growing hair tomorrow before that fight gets booked. I'm what, sorry. What? What do you think is more likely, Vicente Luque and Nate Diaz, or Conor McGregor and Hamzat Shemaya? Oh God, that's actually. Really <laughs> I mean, they're both <laughs> they're both nearly, almost definitely not going to happen. But if for some reason you had to pick which one's more likely, it's I kind would of weird. I would say right? by like a nose hair, Conor and Shemaya has a better chance of happening. And this is like from zero point zero 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 one percent to like zero point zero zero one five percent. Yeah, like okay. that's where we're at right now. <laughs> zero chance of either of these fights happening. I just had to mention. I, I think I, I don't know if people know we have legally obligated to mention Shemaya now on all podcasts and uh, video shows we do now. So yeah, you want to you're trying to you're trying to start an argument, AK, because we we know we disagree on this one as badly as we disagree on the Joanne Calderwood next I, move. Again. When we start our weekly uh, Hamzat Shemayev podcast, we will two like ninety minutes of just talking about Shemayev. Then we can really go over all this stuff in great detail. Yes, talking Shemayev is going to be the, mm-hmm. the name of the show. But uh, now we come to my MVP of the night, one Bobby Green, Alex Kaylee. This guy delivered with his performance, with his trash talk, what he's done with the microphone in his face, doing the Triple H water spit in a pandemic. I liked sort it at of, first, and of. then I, I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I tweeted Triple H, A+, and then I realized this is a pandemic, and you probably shouldn't be doing that. But Also, Triple H shoots a fine spray into the air. He is he is like a he is like a whale. It's like he, he has mastered the art of shooting a fine spray. Bobby Green just <laughs> hawked a water-softened, thankfully, loogie 
onto the cameraman right in front of him. Uh, uh, there's some photo of it that looks really cool. Like I think they got the after spray and it looks perfect. In the moment, it was fl- it was awesome and flat out disgusting. <laughs> it's like he popped like 15 water balloons. There's just a burst Ugh. of water. And I think what happened was because Triple H will always take that sip before he hops up on the apron, mm-hmm. so it's fresh. I think Bobby mm-hmm. Green like was sitting on that for a good like minute and a half, and it was just too long. It just kind of thickened up on him. But uh, Bobby Green's doing the damn thing right now. I don't think he's a top 15 guy just yet. But I want to see him in these fight of the night type fights on the way up there. Like, I don't need to see really anything else at this point. Just keep giving them guys that are around the same ranking that will give, you know, entertaining fights. So I said this in the post show, Bobby Green versus Rafael Faziv. Give me all of that wild chaos. Give me all of it, AK. How, how good would that fight be, ladies and gentlemen? I'll tell you, it'd be, it would be hella good, as the kids say, AK. So your thoughts on Bobby Green after Saturday night. Do kids still say that? I, I don't know. I'm not a kid, so I don't know. But I, I know have, that was a, a thing at you some a point. Kid. I have has a kid. Ever, but he has he ever? Oh, good. Man, you got to ask him. We got to we got to beef up some of the slang on this show. If you could just like whatever he's watching on YouTube or TikTok, whatever it is, kids are watching these days. Get his input and just put it in the notes later, so we can throw out some of those hot phrases. Um, I like, you know, Bobby Green. He's been around forever. He has such an entertaining style. He it just he's so competitive in every fight he's in. I, he's only been knocked out like like really blown out in maybe like one or two UFC fights. Uh, so you could match him up with someone in the top ten. I wouldn't bat an eye. You could again kind of go back with someone with a, who's a little less proven in, in Fiziev. So I like I have three names and again it's all across the board. One of them Drew Dober, enter, entertaining uh, style matchup. I, I I'm not sure I'm interested in either man being that matchup. Drew Dober is right around. Excuse me, right around the top fifteen. I, I don't know if he's officially ranked there, but he's he's certainly in my top fifteen. Uh, Leonardo Santos, who's on a uh, eight fight un well, I say uh, eight fights in the UFC unbeaten, seven zero and one. Uh, he's forty years old, I think, and I know unfortunately, which unfortunately means he wants guys I think well ahead of him at this point. He's been dying for a top ten opponent, or just dying to stay busy because the guy cannot get in the cage more than once, like every eighteen months for whatever reason. Uh, so Leonardo Santos, I think, would be a really good style matchup. And that, that's from my man, uh, Guillermo Cruz. And also, if we're going to go even higher, Al Iaquinta? Ooh. For some reason, I assumed they'd fought. I don't know why. I think just because they've both been around for so long. I just imagine the fight had happened. That'd be a good one. What's up What's up with Al these days, anyway? No idea. Hmm. No yeah, idea. Yeah, no one seems to have an update. Oh, the, so. the, last up, the last update I had heard, and this is before Fight Island happened, Paul Felder, I did an interview with Paul Felder, and he said that he was offered a fight with Al. Okay. Twice. Once was like in March or April, and they couldn't do it. And then they offered him again in June, and Felder said no. So Ali Quinto was like probably going to be pissed off finding that yeah. out. So I don't know if he like broke that <laughs> in that conversation, but that's what he said. Well, so, as far as we know, Regional is healthy then. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I think of those three names, I bet if you ask Bobby Green, obviously he would say Iaquinta. That would probably be his pick. So and and most fans, I think as well. So maybe maybe for if I had to pick one as well, I would I'll say Al Iaquinta by Green. I think it's about time those two faced off. Yeah, because he's lost what is it three in a row or is it two in a row? Two two in a row, I think, and I think maybe like three or four or something like that. Like a little bit of a slump, but against really high, you know, really really good competition. I'd enjoy. I mean, I'd like that fight. Hmm. It'd be cool if they could make it happen. Iaquinta is. You know, he's a guy who likes to fight ahead as well. I don't know if you'd want to go that far outside, but I, mm. I dig it. I dig it if they can make it happen. But and now we've come to uh, the wild card portion of the program. This is my favorite part of the show, where Alex and I will choose one fighter that we haven't discussed who competed maybe on the prelims or what or lost in their main card bout. 
We're going to match them up for their next fight. So, AK, we're going to start with you. Who's your wild card selection coming out of UFC Vegas 5? I'm actually going to go back to the main card and take one of the, you know, one of the people who didn't see their hand raised on Saturday. I, I'm very, so high on Randy Brown. I loved the matchup with him and Luke. He was outclassed in the situation. Uh, we talked about overlooking Luke before. I actually thought, just from what I've seen from Randy Brown lately, uh, that he was kind of trending upward. And I, I actually thought he was going to beat Luke. Uh, but no, Luke very one-sided uh, performance before winning in the second round. Uh, but, I, you know, that hasn't made me think less of Randy Brown. The guy is still a fantastic prospect. Uh, maybe it's unfair to say prospect at this point. Uh, still a fantastic uh, potential contender at 170. So I like the thought of him and another guy who had a little bit of his hype kind of slowed down lately. And it was tough because he's coming back from a long layoff. Uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan versus Randy Brown I think would be interesting um, if they could put that one together there's a lot of names at 170 uh, sort of in that middle cluster from like 20 to 50 that you could find for Randy Brown uh, guys who are on, who are good fighters who just happen to have lost their last fight that would be good matchups so that's just kind of one I'm picking out because I think it would be a good striking matchup and good for both guys just to kind of see where they are in their development because I, I guess I, I couldn't quite gauge Randy Brown properly and I think that fight would be would uh, kind of let me know okay well how far along is he really I like that one there is a guy that I've been impressed with for a long time, and he had another impressive showing last night, albeit against an opponent who jumped up a weight class on a day's notice. But regardless, I think Jamal Emmers is going to be a tough out for a lot of guys at 145 pounds. He's really, really good. And I thought the, the fight with Giga Chikadze was really, really close. He looked outstanding on Saturday night against a, a very gritty, a very game Vince Cachero. I'd like to see him get that vet step up that's going to give him a dogfight. So my wild card pick, AK, in the UFC's featherweight division, we match up Jamal Emmers versus Boston Strong, Charles Rosa. Let's go. Let's oh. go. What do you think? Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Uh, I, I agree that Emmers needs to step up. Charles Rosa. Okay, I'm just looking at my own rankings here. So I rank everyone. So I have 80 <laughs> featherweights ranked. And, and it's some, there's, obvious, there's obvious clusters where guys were like 0-1 in the UFC and you could you know make them interchangeable, essentially like a, like a block of 10 and do whatever you want. So I have Emmers after last night uh, ranked number. This is going to sound harsh because as you said, the fight with Chikadze was very close. He could very easily be 2-0 uh, in the UFC. So I have him ranked 62nd, which sounds bad. But keep in mind, featherweight is very deep. Uh, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and again, if the fight with Chikadze had gone a different way. And I have Rosa considerably ahead. And you did say it would be a jump. I have Rosa in the top 40. I have Rosa at 38th. Uh, people will never see these rankings, by the way. So I could literally be just make, I could be saying anything I want. People will not see these rankings. These are my own personal rankings. Uh, Ryan Hall is number one pound for pound at the top. So again, you know, take all these things with a grain of salt. Uh, Ryan Hall, number one pound for pound. Michelle Pereira, uh, number two, and so on and so forth. Uh, so I like that matchup. Uh, yeah, no, no complaints there. I, uh, you know, I, I know you had to get in the obligatory New England reference. You snuck it right in there at the end. Well done, sir. Uh, so I applaud you for for that as well. Well, there you have it. Episode three of On to the Next One. The podcast is in the books. My kid is going bananas upstairs. You may have heard a, a big crash. He's probably jumping off the bed, pretending he's a professional wrestler, like he's the late great Macho Man Randy Savage dropping an elbow on the hardwood floors. But uh, <laughs> join us next week as we'll try to make sense of bookings in the aftermath of UFC Vegas 6, headlined by Derek Lewis versus Alexia Linux. So make sure you subscribe to the network to get the show and the plethora of other content that we put out each and every week on MMAfighting.com. For Alex K. Lee, I am Mike Hack reminding you, do not take this too seriously. We're just a couple of 
fight fans and fantasy matchmakers trying to make dreams come true for fans like us everywhere. Or just for ourselves. Maybe we're being a little selfish, AK. But thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.